I say that because so many of us adoptees can fantasize about what life would be like if this or if that, but even if we saw it with our own eyes, like I did, that doesn't guarantee instant happiness and a sense of belonging. Hey guys, welcome back to Colombian Influence. Hey everyone, this is a podcast where we talk about adoption using our own experiences as adoptees as well as others in the community. We are just so excited to be back with another interview, kind of going in between our book club series. Um, if you haven't checked that out, definitely do so. Yes. It is on our YouTube account. Um, you can find that link on Facebook. We have clips on Instagram. We're um, everywhere. Yes. So <laughs> you have no excuse to want to go watch it. <laughs> but we're back at the interview. We are talking to Mariella Anderson. Yes. So let's just dive in. Woohoo. All right. Well, we have Mariella here. We are so excited to interview her. Uh, welcome to Colombian Influence Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. Well, I guess let's just dive into it. Kind of how we do our podcast. We have these questions. Um, just tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, where you were adopted from? Uh, how old were you? Kind of the basics now. Okay. So I was adopted from Bogota, Colombia in 1990. Specifically, the orphanage was called Fauna. Um, I was raised in the United States by my American parents. And I was adopted at five weeks old, by the way. Um, I also have two brothers. I have two brothers who are also adopted from Colombia. Um, oh, we're not okay. biologically related, but we're all from the same place. And mm-hmm. um, what else? Is that the main question? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much it. That was, yeah, like, all of that. <laughs> Five weeks, that's pretty young. Yes, yes. So I have no memories. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> What about your brothers? Were they adopted around the same length of time or same age, I should say? No. So actually, my older brother was adopted when he was five months old. And then my younger brother was adopted when he was two and a half years old. So I actually have memories of going back to Columbia with my family to adopt my younger brother. Because I was like three at that point. I mean, very few memories, but a couple, like, foggy ones. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's interesting how varying we both were three months old Mm -hmm. coincidentally so yeah that's really interesting I didn't realize that there would be so such a variety especially five weeks I don't think I've ever heard a very or like maybe any Colombian adoptee that was adopted that early really wow I never knew I didn't realize that was like rare um I think what happened was that they knew about me before I was even born so they were like already, my parents were already in the process, but the process itself just took so long that that's why they had to wait five weeks. I'm guessing. Hmm. I think. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even know that was possible. That's cool. That's cool that, um, that I learned that. I didn't even know that was rare. So thank you for shining light on that. Yeah, it's at least not standard for what we know anyway. So, I mean, it could also just be generally a variety. We just both coincidentally know each other, and it was three months for each of us. So, um, so I guess that said, also, that makes me wonder uh, which uh, agency your parents adopted you through. The Barker Foundation. I think it's in Virginia or Maryland. or I think, I think maybe they have multiple locations. I don't know, but the Barker Foundation is the name. Okay. okay. And what state did you grow up in? 
I originally, when I first was adopted, we lived in Virginia for three years, and then we oh, moved God. to Georgia, and I've lived in Georgia ever since. Gotcha. Okay, because I was like, maybe it's location. Uh, again, just kind of like the age yeah. of your foundation that might also have an impact too. Were your brothers adopted through that same agency? Yes. Yeah. Okay. A lot more variation then. (laughs) Uh, So let's see. Um, Obviously we know that you have a book that you wrote about your experience as an adoptee. um, And that was kind of about discovering like your bio parents. Is that kind of what that was geared towards? Yes. So it actually started out as a journal because I Mm -hmm. found my birth family when I was 22 and I went to Columbia by myself to meet them and I had no translator and I at that time knew very basic Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, it was, I honestly like looking back, I can't believe I was brave enough to do that, but I think I was just like, so like, oh my God, I need to know about this side of Mm -hmm. myself. And so I just did it. And I, you know, once I got there, I was like, wow, like, I have nobody to talk to about all these emotions I'm going through. I have, I just was like a total fish out of water. And I, so I, I journaled. And journaling was like so therapeutic for me because, like I said, I had no one around to like bounce my thoughts off of. So just journal, journal all the things, all the feelings, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything. And then yeah. as time went on, I have a family friend who suggested I turn the journal into a book. So that's what I did. Wow. Well, we definitely eventually would love to pick your brain about how you did that. But I'm just saying, I don't want to stress our time too much. Um, so that said, so obviously you met them at 22. Can I ask how old you are now? 31. 31. Okay. Yeah, I'm so it's almost 20. been 10 years. Okay. So we're pretty close in age then. Um, do you know, well, I guess since you've met them, um, what were kind of the circumstances like based around your adoption, like with bio parents and such? Yeah, so I actually only know my birth mom's side of the family, and my birth father's side is, like, a very still much a mystery to me, um, partly because she has made it a big mystery, um, which is a whole, I could go on a whole tangent about that, um, but I won't, uh, because, okay, so my birth mom, I, I kind of already knew, like, growing up, because in my documents, there was, like, a little note that my my dad had made when they were giving him giving my parents information about my adoption they said something like you know she had told us that she didn't have any support and that no one knew that she was pregnant and uh, my birth father didn't want to have anything to do with me or her and so she just kind of felt like she had no other option so Mm -hmm. she gave me up for adoption and then when I found her um the story you know pretty much the same exact thing is just like she had no support and she felt very alone I think she was living in a city like far away from the rest of her family so yep that's why she gave me up was she pretty young yeah she was 19 okay okay. that was like my birth one yeah yeah so I always kind of grew up I didn't um I'm glad that my parents had taken that little note because a lot of times as I was growing up, um, and they've always, by the way, they've always been really open with me about my adoption. So I like always felt like I could at any time, like even now, like I just could talk about whatever I was going through. Um, Mm -hmm. and sometimes I would even use it as an excuse to like stay up later as a kid. Cause I I knew that if I brought it up, (laughs) they would have to talk to me about it. So I'd be like, 
want to talk about my birth mom or whatever. And they'd be like, okay. <laughs> so they would like get out the little folder and he'd go through the papers. And there was like a little um, baby bracelet in there from when I was born, like the hospital bracelet. And it says Mariela. Yeah, it says Mariela Sanchez because that was like the name that I was born with. Yeah. Um, which, funny, funny, this is a total side point, but uh, my birth name, I kept Mariela. And, um, which I also know is kind of rare, like that doesn't happen that often, but I think my parents already had like a few similar names in mind, like Gabriella, mm-hmm. Maria, like similar names. So when they found out that was my name, they're like, oh, well, that's just perfect. Let's keep it. And also they kind of, yeah. And like, they thought of it kind of as like a way to like honor my birth mom in a way too. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I found her, I found out that she didn't name me. So I have no idea who named me. Like, what? <laughs> just forever a mystery. Whoa. That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm never going to have my name. Yeah. I like my name, so I can't complain. But it's just, like, bizarre not knowing, like, who gave it to me. Like, maybe it was a nurse. Right. Maybe it was someone at the orphanage. I have no idea. No. What a mystery. That's so, so strange, but I kind of love it. (laughs) Okay, so what is your adoptive family like then? Um, You know, why did they choose to adopt? Was that always their first choice? Obviously, they adopted three people from Columbia. So kind of just give us some details on that. Yeah, so they always wanted kids. Um, They weren't able to have any of their own. And they actually, I always thought it was weird. Like, why pick Columbia? Like, of all places. And they said Mm -hmm. that they had some family friends that I guess had also adopted from Columbia. And they loved their kids. And so that was, like, kind of the, 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 what helped make them, what helped them make their decision was that they just Mm -hmm. loved these adopted from Columbia kids from their friends so much. They were like, let's let's go there. Let's do the same thing. Okay, okay. Yeah. And do you have a good relationship with them? Yes. Yes. I'm so close with them. I'm so mm-hmm. grateful for them. And not, like, grateful in the way of, like, oh, thank God you adopted me kind of thing. It's more of just, like, mm-hmm. thank God I, like, thank God you're my parents. <laughs> like, I just feel like they were supposed to be my parents in this life. And I, like, can't imagine my life without them, honestly. Like, they're yeah. so supportive, so accepting, um, just loving and they've never made me feel like weird about anything with my birth family like even when I was starting to search for them they were really supportive um in my book actually I do mention there's there was a a small time a window of time where I was like I was picking up on some like vibes from them like like maybe they were a little hesitant about me going to search for them but what I found out later was that they were just worried that like if I found them that I'd be rejected and they just Mm -hmm. didn't want me to get hurt um But, yeah, they've been really open. They actually came with me the second trip to visit them with me, and they got to meet. Yeah. So that was, like – and that's in my book, too. Um, And so, yeah, that was, like, a whole huge (laughs) experience in and of itself. Like, see these two worlds come together. Um, Yeah. So I'm really grateful for them. I still talk to them all the time, like, when things come up because it always will, probably, because Mm -hmm. it's adoption and it's a continuous, lifelong journey. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And then what's the um, age difference with you and your brothers? So my older brother's two and a half years older than me, to the day, actually. And then my younger brother is seven months younger than me. Oh, so wow. So we're, like, really okay. close in age. Yeah, so mm-hmm. for, like, a good part of the year, we're always the same age. 
Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm, with adoption, like with families that have adoptees in it to be that close in age or at least from other families that I know. Yeah, it's funny. Like sometimes when I was growing up, people would say like, oh, like, how is that possible? Like when they found out that we were like only seven months apart, um, because obviously it takes nine months to have a baby. And then we'd like go into the whole thing. Um, but right. it's funny how many people don't pick up on that. And they just be like, oh, OK. <laughs> you know, like, That's right, so funny. I love that. <laughs> Have you only been back to Columbia twice? No, I have been back eight times, um, but I have not been back. (laughs) Yeah, there is, like, right after I found them, I I was still in college, by the way, um, during this time period Mm -hmm. when I found them. And, okay, so I'll bring that, why I say, I'll mention why I bring that up later. But, so, when I first found them, it was, like, every six months I was traveling to go to Columbia. It was, like, you know, during my summer and then during Christmas time and summer and then Christmas time. And then, Mm -hmm. and so, during that time I was in college and then, you know, my parents were supporting me financially. When I graduated college, I moved back in with them for like a year and was living there and working and just getting to save all my money. So I was still able to travel. And then in 2017, I got married and I live with my husband now, obviously. And I'm a big girl and I pay my own bills and it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder to travel all the time. So I haven't been back in like almost four years. And that has been... um, interesting to say the least because when I was going back every six months it was kind of just like the relationship was just like way more like real or like constant you know like I just felt more bonded to them than I do now um I still feel like if I go back hopefully like we could pick up where we left off and like everything would you know feel the same but like it's already a new relationship you know like we already didn't have we're in each other's lives for 22 years so you know it's just, I guess what I'm trying to say, it's just, just weird that I haven't been back in so long because now the relationship feels like, I don't want to say strained, but like it just feels dist- distant. Um, and I ma- mainly just talk to my birth mom now um, and because I have like so many uncles, cousins, aunts, grandparents. It's like, God, there's so many people in Colombia that like every time I go, I like meet new family members. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, but I will say, I think my newness, like the excitement of like the new family member from America that no one knew about. Like, I think that's rubbed off a little bit because mm. like my first trip back, like the first, like first, first trip, I got to the airport and there was like 30 something people waiting for me behind this like, oh big glass window. And they had like signs and it was like, welcome oh, to your wow. home and you know, bless you. Your family loves you. And it was written in English, like broken English. And it was so mm-hmm. sweet. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Um, lots of tears were shed. <laughs> during that yeah um but now when I go like at least like four years ago when I last went I think like just my brother picked me up from the airport it's like every time like less and less people show up Mm -hmm. and I mean it it makes sense you know I don't expect to like you know everyone's life to stop for me every time Mm -hmm. I come um but you know it's I I would like to like have a strong relationship with everyone there it's just it may be hard because the distance and the language Mm -hmm. and the culture and just all the things um, so I talked to my, with my birth mom over text a lot and my little sister, she's, she was three when I met her, but she's 13 now. And yeah, so it's been like cool to like see her grow up. Um, but also kind of sad cause like I want to be there and like see her grow up like in real life. Um, 
but you know I'm, I'm just grateful I'm grateful to like even have the ability to like be in contact with like blood relatives sure. because you know for for a lot of adoptees it's not possible and then and also just you know even myself like I spent so many years questioning and wondering like who are these people like mm-hmm. where do I come from <laughs> and it's just really yeah. cool to finally like finally put those thoughts to rest um but I also have like I almost in a way opened a can of worms in a, in a, yeah. so to speak you know because now it's like brought out a whole new slew of, of things um so, yeah, it's just a continuous, ever-evolving journey. Yeah. Yes, it is. And in our book club, we just kind of touched on this um, when we recorded this past one. I believe it was like chapter seven or eight in The mm-hmm. Primal Wound. But how does it make you feel knowing that you have other siblings back in Columbia? Um, I'm really, really grateful that that I have them. And actually, like, when I first found my birth family, like, in a way, I was more excited about my siblings mm-hmm. than I was with my mm-hmm. birth mom. And okay. I still feel that, like, I just, like, want to be so close with them. Like, it's, like, this need. Um, and I've gone through a lot of emotions with that, too, because I have to, like, respect their boundaries. Like, my older brother, my, my older brother, he's not, he's only four years younger than me, but, like, in a way, he kind of feels older because, like, I mean, I don't know. Because yeah. I haven't, like, yeah. grown up with them. Um, but yeah. I've always wanted to be close with him, and he's always kind of kept me at a distance. And I don't know exactly why. I don't know if, you know, I'm trying like, I'm still processing things. I'm still trying to make sense of things. And mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking maybe, maybe you know, it's just a huge shock for him. Like, he had no idea his mom gave up a child for mm-hmm. adoption 22 years ago. You know, like, <clears throat> his whole perspective of life probably shifted. And I'm, like, trying to better understand that now instead of taking it personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, I'm totally bummed that we're not closer. And I'm grateful that my sister and I can even just text a little bit. But, like, I'd mm-hmm. like to be closer with her, too. Mm-hmm. Um but in terms of, like, you know, do I feel, like, resentment that they got raised there and I didn't? Like, I really don't feel that way. Um, and I think a lot of it is just because, like, I've been there and I've seen, like, the lifestyle. And it, it, it is clear to see that I have had a lot more opportunities and they'll probably ever have. Um, yeah. And, yeah, like, I'm, I'm just, you know, I... And also, like, you know, like I said, I'm so close to my parents. Like, I just wouldn't, like, trade one for the other, I don't think. And sure. I wouldn't... Um, I'm just kind of like glad that they're that they exist and that in a way mm-hmm. I get to see like through their through their lives what my life may have looked like had I not been adopted. Mm-hmm. That's a great point of view. I love that idea because I do have a um a younger brother and so seeing kind of what it would be like for me if I was still there, that's a really good point. I never even thought about that. As far as your I'm curious to hear the story behind or I guess like the timeline of you doing the search to find family what was that like so I I think I was like 19 when I originally like sent an email to Fauna to ask them for my like paperwork like because I had grown up with my parents saying that at Fauna there's like a wall of like pictures of birth families and like in my mind as a child I just thought like oh one day I'm gonna go there I'm gonna see that picture and when I was 19 and I kind of didn't think about it for a long time too. kind of just like blocked out of my mind. Cause I knew it, I had to wait till I was 18 to like mm-hmm. actually go back and do the search. So <clears throat> when I was 19, I was like, light bulb. Hello. Like I'm past 18 now. Like I can see the picture of the woman who gave me life. So obviously like didn't want to go all the way to Columbia just to see like little pictures. So I emailed Fauna and they like photos 
you know, they scanned it and then they sent me the picture. And that was like, that was like a whole nother, like very emotional moment because, mm-hmm. you know, first time you see the woman who gave you life and mm-hmm. it was like this little tiny black and white picture. She wasn't making any facial expression, but I could like see that we were related. Like I could mm-hmm. see that she is my birth mother. And yeah. that was just so surreal because, you know, all, all my life I've been wondering, like, I, I mean, I never had anybody to, you know, as adoptees, you know, we can all relate to this. Exactly. Like, we never have anybody that looks like us. Um, mm-hmm. And even as a kid, I remember, um, this is a tangent. So even as a kid, yeah. <laughs> um, I remember like going into like grocery stores or wherever we were running errands and I would see like a Hispanic looking woman and I would ask like, are you, are you Colombian? And if they said, sometimes they said yes. And then they, I would be like, did you give up a child for adoption in 1990? And they'd be like, no. But like in my, you know, as a child, I really believed that like we were just going to bump into each other and everything was just like, we we're just going to like have this magical moment and know and like be connected. And, you know, of course, like that's all fantasy, but you know, like I really believed that. And so seeing that picture was like really, really, really amazing for me. Um, and so after that, so that was 19 and then I waited a little bit. I think I started maybe like reaching out to like, I got on like chat rooms, like Colombian chat rooms and most people were not in there for anything like that, you know, but, (laughs) but I was like, this is my situation. I know y'all live in Colombia. Maybe someone there can help me. I don't know. And I actually did meet like a couple of people who were willing to help me, but they just didn't have like the resources or like the access to the databases to like really help me out. So like, I kind of like would just trickle in little things like that. Google, just trying to do my own stuff. And then when I was 21, I got in contact with a woman on Facebook who is a search agent living in Columbia and she agreed to help me uh, for free because that was her first client from the United States. And and in return, I would refer her to everybody. Um, So that was really lucky too, because like I was still in college. And I couldn't have afforded that. Um, So, yeah. So, like, literally within, like, two weeks, I remember I was, like, on my way to class. And I got a message. And she was like, oh, you have a brother. I found your brother. I was like, oh, my gosh. You know? And I I don't know why she found him first. I don't know. Like, I don't know what avenues. Like, I think she has a friend maybe in, like, the police department. And maybe they have access to, like, the computers with all the names. I don't know. Um, But... So I found out about my brother first, and then, like, a couple days later, I found out about my birth mom, and she said that she had, like, she was, like, ready to call her, and I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> like, and, and this is, like, so perfect, but I just so happened to, like, be with a friend who spoke Spanish that day, and she was, like, yeah, she literally had just, she was in the process of dropping me off at my house, but she was like, I gotta pee, like, let me come inside to go pee real quick, and I was like, okay, <laughs> so, like, while she was inside using the restroom, I get the message that my, the search agent is like ready to call my birth mom. I was like, can you just like hang out here for a second and translate? Yeah. So that was like, just like a perfect, perfect serendipitous moment. And so she translated and it was like, I was on FaceTime with the search agent and the search agent was on the phone with my birth mom and had her on speaker. And so we could like hear and like, of course I didn't understand everything that was being said, other than what my friend told me, but, like, I could just tell that my birth mom felt so guilty. Like, she was just crying, and she was saying stuff like, yeah, she was like, please forgive me, like, I I need to give you a hug in person, like, please, like, 
you know, and I'm over here like, no, like, I'm so thankful. Like, I, I just wanted, honestly, for a long time, I just wanted to meet her to let her know that I'm good because I just felt like in my heart, in my soul, I don't know what it was, but I could, like, feel that she questioned her decision mm-hmm. to give me up. And maybe that's just, like, common knowledge. Like, of course, anyone who gives up a child might question their decision. But, like, I just felt like I just didn't want her to live with that. And I wanted, mm-hmm. like, if anything, like, I knew going into into meeting her that she might reject me. But I just wanted to say, okay, fine, you don't have to let me in your life. But just just know that you made the good decision and that's all you have to know so you can go live your life in peace, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, luckily she wanted, you know, to get to know me. Um, so, yeah, that was just... Yeah, that was that was the first conversation, and it was just like a lot of her crying, and and it was weird because I was like very um, like almost emotionless in a way. I think I was just in shock, honestly. Yeah, um, yeah. And and it lingered on for a while of the shock, and I was like, "What's wrong with me? I'm broken. Like, why can't I have emotions right now?" Um, yeah. But I, it was just so much to process. It was so much to right. process. Um, and, you know, th- like I said, like things still continue to evolve and I still am continuing to process. And it's like this giant puzzle that I'm constantly putting little pieces together. Um, but yeah, so that was like the initial, initial meeting. And then I didn't actually go down and meet them in person until like six months later. Cause I think I, I found her in May and then I don't think I traveled to meet them until December of that year. And that was 2012 yeah and I had met I say them because after I met her um a couple days later she like told everyone in the family about me and then slowly I was getting like FaceTime calls from cousins and aunts and all the people and yeah so yeah I'm like it's like so weird to think back on because like I remember like feeling like I was like like I was so new to them you know I was like for them it was like all these people on the screen like looking like whoa like oh like, like I felt like an animal almost <laughs> yeah um, but yeah so that so. happened pretty fast actually like I know some people have years where they don't hear anything um but you had success right away which is really nice because I think doing the process in itself is already a lot. So having to wait longer, is like, wait, am I making the right choice? You kind of question all of that. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome that it worked out so well for you. Thank you. Yeah. I didn't think about that. That's true. Like if I had, if it had been like prolonged, like I probably would have been like, oh, I don't know, this is bad. I don't know. Gotten in my head about it, <clears throat> but it was just like, boom, 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 boom. Like I had no time to think really. So yeah. And that's why the emotions were kind of on standstill until, yeah. until you did it. But it was just that initial hug. It was just something you can't even explain it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like, honestly, it felt like when I first hugged her, like, and it, and it was, like, perfect because my brother and my sister were hugging her at the same time because he had hugged me, but he was holding my sister. And then I opened my other arm to let my birth mom in. And so, like, for us all to be together and, like, I just felt like time stopped. Like, I felt like time stopped. I wasn't in the airport anymore. I was just, like, in this moment with them. And it was so crazy to think, like, I'm touching people that – share my blood for the first time and that for the first time my birth mom is holding all three of her children for the first time oh yeah yeah so I got even just like saying that gave myself goosebumps like yeah yeah so it was crazy oh my gosh um do you have any regrets about uh searching for birth family at all um I don't like regret it because I think that um 
the whole process over these years. Like it's really helped me find myself. Um, and I, like I said, I'm able to put those like questions and that curiosity to rest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that one thing I do regret is ever like introducing money into the relationship with my birth mom mm-hmm. that has really affected things in a not so positive way. Yeah. Um, I, went over there initially, like I said, in college, and I kind of had this idea that when I graduated that I would be making more money than... I just didn't have, like, a full concept of, like, how much the average American... I'm a sign language interpreter, by the way, in the school system. Yeah. Um, And so I I get, you know, I'm on a teacher's salary, essentially. Um, And I didn't realize, like, how little that really was (laughs) until after I graduated. And so I had kind of made... I don't want to say a promise, but I had told her when I was over there, like the first couple trips, like when I graduate, I'm going to help you guys. Cause I could see like she was struggling, like there, you know, like it was very obvious that like they live in a different socioeconomic status than I was raised in. And I just felt for them and I wanted to help them. Mm-hmm. And I would say things like, I'm going to help you or whatever. And I would also, when I was able to save money because I was not paying bills, I would send the money and, um, just help with various things. Um, you know, sometimes it was simple stuff, and sometimes it was, like, there was a time where I was, like, helping my little sister um, go to, like, cheerleading lessons and, like, Aww. skating lessons. It was, it was like, I, I wanted to do that stuff, um, and I wanted to give her those opportunities, um, but over the years... And, like, I almost... I mean, it kind of feels like I've created a situation myself, but also, like, I don't know, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's so complicated. But yeah, over the years, it's just become more and more. And it's not something that I'm doing because I want to anymore. It's like, I feel like it's being expected of me. And that's not a good feeling. Um, And even when I've expressed to her, like, hey, like, this is starting to affect our relationship. Like, I want a connection with you um, as like a mother, daughter. Like, and I know it's never going to be like what I have with my mom. And it can't because it just, it's impossible. But, uh, yeah, I just don't want to feel like a resource. And, like, I feel a lot of the times like a resource. And I – so, yeah, like, as much – I'm so grateful that I found them. And, like, I have these moments of, like, high gratitude where I'm just like, oh, thank God, you know. And then I have these moments of, like, resentment. And, like – and it's not resentment of, like, I can't believe you gave me away. Like, that's not even the resentment. It's resentment of, like, I can't believe how you've chosen to use the time that you've had with me because – it's yeah. become more about what can I give you instead of you wanting to know about like who I am as a person and you know what makes me tick and like more about my yeah. life um and I and I try to have compassion because I know it's like she's in a different headspace you know she's in survival mode she's trying to get the next meal on the table and also mm-hmm. she's dealing with a lot of medical issues on top of you know what she was already struggling with financially um and, and sometimes it's hard to tell, like, what's real and what's not, and if I'm being manipulated or not, and that's wow. a terrible feeling. It's, like, and that's where a lot of resentment comes from, too. It's just, like, I can't see it with my own eyes, and I have for so many years wanted to believe everything she's told me, um, but there have just been a, some circumstances in recent time where I'm, like, have I just been letting her walk all over me for a long time? Like, I don't know. So I'm just, honestly, I'm in, I'm kind of in a weird space right now with it. Um, uh, I'm just in the thick of the resentment at the moment. And I mean, I know that it's, you know, relationships, they have their ups and downs. So I'm, I'm hopeful that things will get better. 
Um, but it's just, maybe I need to set more clear boundaries and just stop completely. Cause and now like I'm at a place where I can't, like, like I said, I'm on teacher salary. Like, I, I'm struggling myself, so I can't afford to like pay for all the things anymore. And, right. um, even if I would, you know, if I do send something, it's like maybe 30 to $50 here and there, because maybe I have a little extra, I can help. Um, but it's hard. Cause it's like, I don't want to feel, um, like there have been times where I've, you know, been tight with money and I've told her, like, sorry, I can't say anything. And then, you know, let's say that night, my husband and I like go to Panera and get dinner or something. Then I feel mm-hmm. the sense of guilt. Like I just bought Panera. Like, it mm-hmm. is, but it's like, wait, why am I feeling guilty about buying Panera? You know, it's like stupid. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like this weird privilege guilt slash. Like, I get that. Yeah. I don't know. It's like hard to even explain, but yeah. Yeah. Because I think that that's a lot more common than people realize when there is a reunion, um, I haven't gone through that myself, but I think, you know, you hear, like, if you're in the adoption world, you hear about it, but not very many pe- people talk about that as especially something to consider before doing it, because yeah. I think that can really affect the relationship. As you said, like, it's complicated just in the way that you feel guilt for the privilege that their decision kind of gave you to an extent even yeah. though it was a family's decision to adopt you like it's right. just I don't know it's kind of like there's it probably seems to some that it should be a simple give and take but it's not the same trade-off if that makes sense yeah yeah exactly and it's just so complex too because it's yeah. like as the adoptee like yeah like I feel like you know and in a way, I feel like I've already given her so much at this point that, like, I should be relieved. I should have already relieved myself of any guilt that, like, of, like, oh, well, she gave me this life, so I need to give back to her. But also, um, yeah, like, I'm really having to, like, it's, like, a challenge for me because I just want to give. Like, I feel for her. I just want to give, give, give. But I'll give her everything until I'm, like, living under a bridge. <laughs> and then she'll yeah. still be asking. She'll still be asking for more. Um, so I just, yeah, I'm really having to, like, be firm with myself and, like, telling myself, like, I'm not going to give anymore because it's 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 just affected the relationship so much. And, and like I said, I've told her this before. And it's she'll still ask. And that hurts, too, because yeah. I think, you know, I'm, I'm being mature. I'm trying to express myself and, and, and be real with what I'm feeling. And it's just not received the way that I hope that it would be. And and it hurts, you know, in a way. And, and in, a, in a small sense, it feels like, um, and maybe this is dramatic, I don't know, but in a small sense, it kind of feels like a little bit of secondhand rejection because instead of her, like I said, choosing mm-hmm. to get to know me, she's using me as a resource and maybe she doesn't, maybe that's not even her intention, but that's just how it's perceived from my end. And I'm not there. I don't see anything what's going on with my eyes. Like all I have are these texts that she sends me. And, you know, whenever I've questioned, like, you know, can you send me a picture of the medicine that I sent you the money for or whatever? And if she doesn't, then I'm like, wait, why didn't you send it? Did you really get it? And she'll be like, well, why are you accusing me of being a liar? Like, you know what it's like? Wow. Uh, like, it's just so, it's just such a sticky situation. And like, and I don't want to say anything I'll regret. I don't want to make her sound bad. I, like I said, I'm in the thick of my resentment right now. So it's like hard for me not to like, you know, focus on the ben, negative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, 
all in all, like, my, if I can put my feelings aside, like, I can see it from, like, try to see it from, like, an outside perspective. It's like, okay, no, she's a struggling woman. She's probably got a lot of mental illness stuff on top of, I mean, not, I don't know, but an illness, but mental health stuff going on, you know, because I can only imagine, you know, keeping a, a child that you gave away a secret for 22 years, and, you know, and there's been a lot of other things in her life, too, but... I'm just, I don't know, I try to have compassion for her, um, and, but yeah, I'm also trying to learn how to protect myself at the same time, and it's, it's been, yeah. like, this is more new for me to, like, put that boundary in place, because for all these years, I've just been so open and giving of, of my money, of my heart, <laughs> of everything, um, and, yeah, it just is not not working out the way that I wanted at the moment, but I'm hopeful yeah. that things will get better. So we'll see what happens. And people from Colombia look at the U S oh. like, yeah, you're, you're doing so well for yourself. Like you have so much money, you have all these things, but honestly, like what you said, you're struggling too. Like you have bills, you have your own things, you have your own life. So I think exactly. it's hard for them to notice that or see that or understand that too. Cause I've had my birth family ask me for money or, can you help me with the visa or can you send me this iPhone case? And of course you want to help, but like, I've never done it just because it's just, I don't know you well enough. Honestly, I've met them once. Like yeah. you're like, a little bit different where you've seen them, you understand it. But like, for me, it's like, I just, I don't know. I want to help, but like, I just, I can't physically do it. And yeah. your story, I think it like puts like a, Probably reaffirms that that was a good choice. Yeah. Like, it's just like, okay, you know, that was a good choice. If I could do something, I'd want to do it when I'm there in person, maybe. Yeah. Or when you can actually, like, I don't know. I think it was interesting the way that you also said before you graduated. I know we all probably thought, like, I'm going to be making all this money. But the amount of money that we make now is, like, so much. Because at the time, it felt like so much. But now it's like, oh, this rent, though, is (laughs) everything just disappears after you pay bills exactly yeah I think it's just like there's so many different perspectives and again I haven't been through this myself but I know from my personal experience that boundaries as an adoptee are a challenge alone regardless of who they're with and having them be something that you have to establish with this entity that caused a lot throughout your life that you're now happy to be in reunion with it had there's I mean there's a probably a huge chance of it being all give no take and so that's just like another complicated element to it and then having to establish boundaries with people you've essentially just you know you've just met even though they're someone that you're related to it's a totally complicated situation yeah yeah and if you say no do they stop talking to you for a little bit I have, like, only recently in the past couple months started to, like, become more aware of these patterns where mm-hmm. it's, like, mm-hmm. I will say no and there's really no response. Even if I say, like, I'm so sorry, I want to help, but, like, I, I'm, I'm hoping I can get groceries this week or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And I almost expect um, some kind of response, like, well, don't worry, I hope you figure it out, or, like, some kind of compassion yeah. for me, but instead yeah. it's, like, nothing, and I think mm-hmm. it's you know, maybe, like you said, they perceive Americans as this, like, you know, we're all rich. Like, that's what they've been seeing in the movies and on TV. Yeah. Um, and I can understand that perspective because, like, even uh, just, like, looking at, like, 
like a Columbia, Columbia streets versus American streets. Like, like right. America looks, America looks all clean and, and everything's like nice. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's just like every, the perspective is just totally different. And it's so mm-hmm. hard for me to, to help her understand that it's not like that in reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there are some times where she won't respond. And then I've also picked up on patterns where if she does reach out to me and start like saying like oh like sweet things like I almost feel like she's buttering me up and then like a couple of days later or even within that same day later on she'll be like hey so I need some money with this and um and it's actually it's actually helpful to hear that like your family asked you for money too um and I know it does happen a lot but like I don't hear about it that often too it's just yeah it's not a good feeling and um you know, if, if they were asking for things like iPhone cases and stuff like that, it'd be one thing. And I think it's easier for me to say no to. But she knows that she knows exactly where to get me. And she, yeah. you know, all these all these medical issues she has, like, she'll make it sound like she's going to die soon. And, and she's like, I have to get this medicine or I'm, I'm not going to make it. And I'm like, her whole life is on my shoulders now. Like, I have to help her. Oh, yeah. And it's like so... Um, it's so easy in the moment, like, for, for me, you know, like, you know, I, I feel like I have to, you know, and so yeah. even if I have a little, I'll help a little bit, um, but, like I said, only recently am I starting to, like, kind of take a step back and be like, wait a minute, like, all these times that she's told me these similar mm-hmm. situations, and she seems, you know, she's still here, and mm-hmm. there have been times where I wasn't able to send the medicine, she's still here, and, and I, and I, it's, like, it's just... I, it sounds so bad to say, like, it's kind of like the boy who cried wolf situation. Like, I don't know what to believe anymore. And, like, that, above everything, I think is the most painful is that I just don't know if I can trust her. Um, because, mm-hmm. I, and I just, naturally, I want to trust everybody until they give me a reason otherwise. Um, but, like, especially her. Like, this entity that, like like you said, you know, yeah. someone who I fantasize my whole life about. Um and in my book, I mentioned a lot of things, too, about how, like, she didn't meet, the, the reality of her did not meet the expectations of the fantasy that I had in my mind, and a lot of, like, me trying to, like, process that and, like, accept her for who she is, regardless, um, and I feel like I have come to a place of acceptance of that, but it's just, the more these little situations, like, with money and stuff come up, the more, like, frustrating things get, and, yeah, yeah so, so it's, it's a lot. I'm glad you brought that point up, though, because, again, reunions, things like this, it's it's really rewarding and great, but there are these different aspects of it that make it difficult. Because, again, you've said this before, too, and we've said this multiple times, adoption is a lifelong journey, and this whole process is ongoing forever. So just understanding and navigating through all of that is extremely important. I think you saying that, other people I know can definitely relate to you. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thanks. Yeah, I was really questioning, like, did I want to bring it up? Do I not want to bring it up? Um, but I want to be real. You know, I want to be real about my experience. Like, I didn't ask to be adopted. I didn't ask for all this stuff to happen. Like, when I found her, like I said, I just wanted her to know that, like, she made the right decision. Like, I didn't expect for all of everything to come out of it. Um, so, yeah, and, and actually, a couple of weeks ago, one of my cousins in Columbia found an article that I had done with someone and I had mentioned how she asked my birth mom asking for money and she copied pasted that little piece and, and sent it to my birth mom. And my birth mom was like, I can't believe you think so bad about me. And just, you know, made me feel bad for even bringing it up. And so that was another mm-hmm. reason I was on the fence about even mentioning it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to hide my experience. Um, Mm-hmm. to save her face 
when she's the one doing all the things, you know? Um, um, But also, I don't want people to think bad about her in general, because, like, you know, like I said, relationships, they go up and down, like, and nobody's perfect, and I understand her perspective. I understand she's she's struggling, um, and I empathize with her, Um, but, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. So going back to your book quickly, how long did it take you to get that fully published then? Because I've always, we've talked about this, I've always wanted to write my own book, um, like a children's book maybe about adoption. I'm not sure. So I'm really curious to hear what your journey was with that process. Yeah. So I started, like I said, journaling it and like I just Mm -hmm. kept journaling for several years and then I didn't actually start like editing it probably until like, I don't know three or four years into journaling it um so at that point I already had like the material like the content um and I had some people like that helped me edit it because like I'm not a professional writer like I just put all my emotions on the paper you know um and so I got an editor and that process took several years because it was just constant sending it back and forth with each other and I was tweaking it and she was tweaking it um, and then, yeah, so the whole thing altogether took like a total of eight years, but that's not to say that no. yours wouldn't take that long. It just took me that long. Cause I was journaling it, you know, it was like, I was still living yeah. the experience. Um, sure. but then I, I used, uh, Amazon and they do self-publishing and that process was pretty yeah. easy. They have like everything laid out there for you. Um, so Good yeah. To know. yeah. Yeah, we are definitely gonna have to read that book. I've been looking at it, and we just need to order it. Yeah, it looks awesome. And I, talking to you and kind of hearing your journey already, it would be interesting to just dive deeper into exactly how you felt because I think I can relate to a lot of those different situations. Yeah, is I'd it, love to hear what you guys think about it. Yeah, yeah. is it formatted like a journal? Like, is it kind of? It's more formatted like, like a book now, but but it also but it but it is like a journal because it's my perspective. So it's in, you know, it's broken up into chapters like a book, but it's, yeah, I guess it is kind of more, it's like a memoir. Cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely need to get that for sure. I love that. Well, we, yeah, we would love to, you know, promote that on our pages as well and put you on our website and everything. So we'll be sure to follow up with that as well. Um, What is, I guess, maybe a, either a snippet of, kind of like what people should know about your book to, I don't know, I guess kind of spark interest with our listeners, but also just what you find to be the most important about that experience for you of writing it. I would say that, um, yes, it helped me throughout this journey that you'll read about in the book. Like I discover a lot about who I am as an adoptee, but like Mm -hmm. even more so, I just like discover what it means to be human. And so like, whether you're adopted or not, like, I think you could get something out of the book. Um, and yeah, like I had, I had a huge spiritual awakening as you might imagine, like after being there and like my whole world was just lifted upside down. It was like everything I ever knew was irrelevant because now I'm like standing in the streets of Columbia with all this, like everything around me was just so different than what I Grow, grew up knowing um so I would say like go into it um also maybe bring some tissues because I've been told that there are some <laughs> tear-jerking moments um yeah I don't know if that answers your question <laughs> yeah no I, I love it yeah no that's good to know because I 
yeah, I'm always just curious about what kinds of things that that brings you. And obviously, I think a lot for you was the actual experience of going. But I love the fact that you took the time to write about it and make sure that that was an important part of just developing as a person and and all of that. Um, let's see. Based on your experience also of just like finding family, we always like to ask just, I mean, even just in general, what advice that you would give either to younger children that are adoptees um, or just kind of based, and I guess I should say not or, based around um, our, you know, age demographic of being, you know, female Colombian adoptees in their 20s and 30s? Okay, so I actually thought about this question a lot, and I, like, wrote it down. So can I read it, what I wrote? Of course. Yes, yes, please. Okay. So my advice is to try your best to go inwards for validation and love instead of reaching outward for it. If you can learn to love yourself, the journey of trying to find where it feels like home is less taxing because you can be at home within yourself. I say that because so many of us adoptees can fantasize about what life would be like if this or if that, but even if we saw it with our own eyes, like I did, that doesn't guarantee instant happiness and a sense of belonging. I had to do a lot of inner work to accomplish that, and it's still a practice that I'm not perfect at. So let yourself feel your feelings without judgment, get it all out, and start to heal And just remember that you are worthy of feeling loved and accepted. And if you're struggling to find people who will give you that, then give it to yourself. Oh, my gosh. I'm, like, speechless. That was – and here's what your thoughts on it, because I have a feeling it'll be kind of different than mine just based on our experiences. I just just felt that so real. Like, you have – I never really had, like, deep fantasies. I always, if I saw a Hispanic woman, I'd be like, Ooh, maybe that's yeah, my Yeah, we mom. always talk about that, too, so but we get what you're saying. You went that. to a whole other level, like, are you Colombian? Like, that's, that's oh, intense. Yeah. yeah. So, I think for me, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of speechless off it. That just was written so perfectly. Like, finding a home in yourself is so important because even though this is, like, a little bit a part of you, you are the reason, you know, like, you will make your life what it is, no matter what kind of comes into it. So I don't know. I, I love what you just said there. And I, I can't wait to re-listen to that multiple times and have that as a little clip because I think that's very important to what you just said. Yeah. I think for me that that was almost just more validating in the fact that I, I'm trying to just kind of normalize the fact that not every adoptee is searching. And I think part of what you said about finding the home within yourself mm-hmm. is like why I'm never like, I don't know. I have no intention of like having children. I don't even know at this point if marriage is something that I care enough about to like actively search for that partner. And it it also goes back to, there's a quote from frozen two that I really like in a song. That's you are the one you've been waiting for. And no, and like, it's all, it's a song about like finding yourself and like, she's searching for like her roots and that's like in the middle of the song when she realizes everything and it's, you are the one you've been waiting for. And it's like, that was just so validating to me. And the fact that it's like, it doesn't have to be one way. And like the way that I've been figuring myself out doesn't have anything to do with other people. Like whether that's first family, my current family, my friends, my like where I live. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, those are all fluid anyway. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. And that's what I hope people, you know, like I said, when it comes to my book, like, yeah, it is great for adoptees to read, but like, I hope everyone could get something out of it because Mm -hmm. that's what I learned along this journey is that, you know, there's just all this external stuff happening all of the time. But if I was able to like find peace and like calmness within, not that I'm Mm -hmm. perfect at it by any means, but if I could achieve that even in a, a short time, um, for a little bit, then like it just helped it just helped me with the process so much easier and and it helped me like just grow as a person and I'm very um very much a fan of yoga and meditation and all the spiritual things because oh nice yeah yeah yeah. so and actually I'm a certified children's yoga teacher and that is yes that's been amazing um but yeah like I want I want to teach people this I want people to know that you know like your circumstances don't have to define you and um yeah like I mean of course all of our feelings as adoptees are valid um but just just meet yourself where you're at let yourself feel what you need to feel I mean there are times where I don't even know why I'm feeling certain things and I just like let it happen and I'm just like all right you know this is this is what I'm going through today but it's not gonna you know change how you know I still am going to love and accept myself regardless. Um, and that's yeah. like the ultimate goal. So. <laughs> I love that. Uh, well, I guess to kind of wrap things up, um, we always like to ask also, what are just some things that you wish that people would realize about adoption or being an adoptee, whichever kind of angle you want to go um, from? I would just, yeah, I would just say that it's, um, it's not all like sunshine and rainbows, you know, I think, you know, th- it's very beautiful. It can, be, it can be very beautiful. Um, and there are like happy, you know, stories, but even it, within those happy stories, it doesn't mean that like the people involved involved aren't going to be affected emotionally, especially the adoptee. Um, so just, you know, maybe when you meet an adoptee, don't just expect that they're going to be like so grateful for their life and say, Oh, you're so lucky. You know, you're so lucky you're adopted. Like, mm-hmm. no, like but no one asked to be adopted. You know, like we were, j- we we're just in this situation and we're doing the best we can yeah. along the journey. So yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. That was a great way to end. Just those two points are very important and very real to us and to a lot of adoptees. So I love that point of view and your perspective, and I'm so, so excited to read your book. Me too. I'm about to order that today. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what you guys think about it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, well, actually, before we end, why don't you tell listeners where to find you? Just yes. kind of promote yourself. Go for it. Yes. Okay. So my book is called Home Sweet Casa, A Journey to the Universal Heart, and you can find it on Amazon. Perfect. And it's available as an ebook and paperback. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. And then you have an Instagram where you can just find yes. that, right? Like the website or? Yeah. So my Instagram is Mariella, M-A-R-I-E-L-A, Anderson, A-N-D-R-S-E-N-N. Because there's someone else already has it. So I had to add an N. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And then just make sure Anderson is spelled with an E-N instead of an O-N. Gotcha. My dad is Danish. <laughs> <and it's horrible>. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, do you, I guess before we go also, do you have any, uh, I don't know, last tidbits or any questions for us at all? Um, I just want to say, I think it's amazing what you guys are doing and thank you for doing this for the well, community. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Well, hopefully sometime in the future, we want to do a big meetup or go visit all of our followers and yes. people we've interviewed. So Georgia's on the list. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. And I live in Atlanta. I just want to specify it's not, 
your not the address. Blue it's Atlanta. <laughs> yes. Okay, perfect. But yes, I would love to meet you guys in person. That sounds amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We have enjoyed this so much and we cannot wait to read your book. So we will be in touch. And yeah, thank you again. Let us know if we can ever do anything for you as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Talk to you later. Have a good day. You too. All right. Well, that concludes our interview with Mariella Anderson. Um, We didn't really know a whole lot going in besides the fact that she's, you know, written a book about our experience, but I don't know. I think that gave us a lot of new perspectives Mm -hmm. to go off of. Yes. And I'm, I'm excited because I think I will relate to it, but I think the way she talked about adoption at the end, just finding like home is you. Mm -hmm. I think again, she talked about that this book is not only good for um, people who are adopted, but just everybody just finding yourself and understanding yourself and loving yourself is very important. And this platform of Colombian influence is just influence everybody. Yes. You don't have to be adopted. We understand that, you know, um, a lot of people go through identity issues. A lot of people are trying to find themselves or have or have difficult family bonds. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Foster care. I mean, there's so many elements of a home and a person in a relationship. So I think we can relate to a lot of other people and we are just trying to influence and, you know, support you and kind of just spread that positivity and love every day. So yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening. Um, Just follow us on all of our social media accounts and we will just see you in the next episode. Yeah. Until next time. Later. Bye.